um, this summer actually when I was in Kenya with my family um, we were by the water and it was sundown and my brothers and sisters were all together and we we're like six of us and uh, we were just all making photos together and laughing and my dad also joined us and it was like very symbolic because we're a recomposed family my dad had two extra kids and uh, with my mom four so it was just a special moment that he came at that moment as well and we were just all together just enjoying it felt very wholesome <laughs> Hello guys, welcome back to another episode of the Right Feeling Podcast. Today I am joined by my friend Felipe to talk about the subject of contentment in moderation. Felipe is originally from Brazil and now he's living here in the Netherlands. Felipe and I met in Aerial Silk. So Aerial Silk, if you don't know, think of like a circus or if you think of acrobats. It's essentially that but with a piece of silk and you're just doing tricks and stuff in the air. So the two of us get into the topic of ambition, moderation, where is the line between the two, and how do you counter that feeling that society always tells you to be better, to do more, and finding peace in your own pace. I do hope that through this podcast episode, at the back of your mind, it doesn't have to be at the forefront, but reflect on the question of what is enough for you? So hold that thought, and I will check back in with you at the very end. All right, Felipe. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> I think uh, just to start off, who are you? What do you do? Mm-hmm. What are you passionate about, you know? Okay, okay. Oh, this is a difficult one. I always wonder how far would I go? How how far should I go? <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I will start by saying that I'm Felipe and I'm Brazilian. Mm-hmm. Um, very proud of that. I love my land. Why am I saying I love my land? <laughs> what is this? What is this nationalistic podcast? No, yeah, I'm just trying to fill in the blank. But um, yeah, I've been living outside of Brazil for a while already. Lived in Madrid and now in the Netherlands. And I was educated originally in graphic design. Mm-hmm. And I changed a little bit towards digital design and product design now. And yeah, and I have a, a side thing that's a fundraiser that happens every month that I consider as a, well, not a business, but I, I, I treat it as a serious, a, a serious thing and I have reserved time for it every month. So that's me. Mm-hmm. My sense of who you are, I feel that you're a very Zen person. Like Ooh, you're well, very, thank you. you know, I feel like you're very... Mm, You're happy with what you have, you're content. And that's not to say you're not ambitious because you Mm -hmm. are, but you know what you need to make you fulfilled or happy. Mm -hmm. Or in this case, the lunch that we just had, what was enough for you, you know? (laughs) Um, And I find that people our age right now, because you're in your early 30s and I'm in my late 20s. um, I find that people in our age have gotten or are getting to that point Mm -hmm. where 
they're happy with what they have or how do they balance moderation with ambition? Uh, whereas when you're, you know, maybe younger, you're like, oh, I have to do this and this and this. Exactly. So I wanted to ask, how did you get to this point? You know, were you very ambitious before or have you always kind of been this, you know, what I have is what I have. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay. Um, yes, I was that young person that was like, yes, I need to do this university and mm -hmm. I need to do a master's and I do need to do a PhD and a post PhD and that's the achievement, you know, that's that's what was presented to me as like, yeah, you have to do that. At any point you can stop, but if you stop, you know, you decided that you're not gonna achieve your max. And that mm -hmm. for me started to be a little bit problematic. Like why? Mm -hmm. Like why do I have to But well, I only started making these questions later, of course. Like after you started working or during... After I started working. Yeah, yeah, definitely after I started working. I think the biggest moment of realization, I always had enough. I don't come from a rich family, but I don't come from the super poor family. Like there was never food insecurity as far as I'm aware. Mm -hmm. Or at least my mother never, never revealed or made it seem like there was. You mm -hmm. know, I always had food. And then jumped to university years and then a super struggle. I mm. moved away from my house. My mom said, look, I cannot pay for the university. I cannot pay for you to live in Sao Paulo, mm -hmm. big city. And, but I got a scholarship. I went, I got a job. But it was always like whatever money, little money that's left, I will go out with my friends. I'll take the, like, sometimes I had the money to, to take the bus to the club <laughs> and to have one beer outside of the club because mm -hmm. inside it was super expensive. And to come back. So even though I didn't went through food insecurity, I was always very mindful of food. Mm -hmm. I know how restraining it can be. And I could only imagine, like, what about the people that doesn't even have the basic of the basic? Like, mm -hmm. why? Mm. Like, in, yeah, it's very intense. And of course, Sao Paulo is very intense. Mm. Like, you see a lot of people living in the streets and etc. So... But I, I realized more after I left there, because mm -hmm. you created some automatic response of like, yeah, you give some coins, but like most of the time you're ignoring people in the street or asking money because it's so many, mm. it's so many, it's, it's, it's undoable. Mm. Long story short and really fast forwarding, getting job, a little bit more sustainable financial life. Mm -hmm. I remember the point where I realized that I started to go to the supermarket and I'm like, if I want a white wine tonight, I can buy it. Mm. If I want a sushi tonight, I can buy it. Mm. Not every day, but I have like total freedom of, of choice. There is nothing that I say apart from, you know, caviar, like this luxury stuff. But there is nothing that I can think that I cannot not buy. Mm. And saying that, like, years ago when I was minimum salary. But still, like, I can buy anything if I know how to take care of my money. And I was like, yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm rich. <laughs> I realized I am rich. I earn the minimum salary of the country. Mm -hmm. But I have 100% the privilege of choosing what I'm going to eat. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, yeah, people have yachts, people have... But, like... For me, I don't think I had this realization 10 years ago that I would get to that point. Hmm. 
and stop like let's say struggling or or saying to my friends oh i'm not gonna go to your birthday because it's not a sushi place and it's expensive yeah so i think that was the moment like okay yeah i don't need any more than that so after that hmm. anything is like a huge extra profit in my opinion yeah like oh yeah i can maybe this month i can buy this a little bit better shoes wow nice mm-hmm. but i don't need it yeah but it's like it was an attitude change too yeah yeah the change of values right um you realize like you get some of these messages everything it's it's maximize maximize scale when when i first started working in in europe um And just for context, mm-hmm. you're a UX designer. I am a UX designer, UX designer. yeah. So yeah. I, I, I create uh, amazing experience for hum- humans that mm-hmm. use these mm-hmm. platforms or solutions. or um, And I got into that basically because I have a lot of satisfaction <laughs> in improving someone's life. Mm. Doesn't matter who. Maybe it's mine, <laughs> but uh, usually it's the end user. So when I started working in, in English mm-hmm. and there was people saying about scale, how does the mm. product scale? How does this design system scale? You have to make it thinking that maybe today this design is going to be accessed or this platform is going to be accessed for by a hundred people, but you have to already think when is a hundred thousand mm-hmm. or a million people per day. I was in this maximization, this scale, 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 and I started to realize, but like, why? Why? Like, at at what cost? Hmm. I think oftentimes what I've seen around in our society, people our age, you know, a lot of people are always working to get promoted, mm-hmm. you know, to get validated in your workplace or to get a higher pay. And At least in the U.S., what I saw was that the work culture in the U.S. has always been you work for retirement, Mm -hmm. right? So you're not really enjoying your life now. You will enjoy your life later, 60 years from now, maybe. Uh Okay, maybe less than that, like 50 years or something. But still 50 years. Yeah, and it's because they're chasing after the maximization, the scaling up. It's almost a social expectation Mm -hmm. to be ambitious. I just feel that it creates an idea in people's minds that their life isn't enough. How they're living right now isn't enough. Uh-huh. But maybe with ambition, there is this priority. Maybe. I'm not saying this is the case for everybody. But maybe there is this um, priority of perception of others on you. It's exhausting, right? Yeah. And it also just makes you feel insecure, I think, as a person. It does. Because it's also comparing yourself. Because when I do compare myself to other people, that's when I find that I feel that it's not enough. Ah, yeah. There's the cliche, right? The grass is always greener. Mm -hmm. And when you started saying, I thought about something about social media. I had always this, um, I'm ashamed to assume, to Mm -hmm. to assume, to, to reveal that. Yes, I was worried about the amount of friends I have. Mm-hmm. And I think even today in LinkedIn, like... Oh, yeah, you have to have over 500 connections. Yeah, why, why, why is there a counter of the connections of the LinkedIn? Like, who cares? Mm. Uh, maybe it's more important to see how many likes you have in your post and then people, oh, this person is relevant mm-hmm. and writes interesting stuff. But like, 
And I find it funny the LinkedIn stops at 500, it's just 500 plus. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of this goal to achieve. Yes. And then after yeah. that, you, you don't need to worry because everyone's 500 plus, but it's mm -hmm. like, why? And I started to realize, okay, why do I want to have more friends? Mm -hmm. And I, maybe I just want to take care of the ones that I have. Mm -hmm. And things started to shift. But how do you, how have you navigated that? Because when, for example, when you're on social media or when you're comparing yourself to someone else or your life to someone else's life, mm -hmm. it's just very easy to kind of fall in that comparison time and yeah. time again. So how do you remember like, no, 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 no. Like what I have is good. It's work. It's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And there are good and bad days. And there's therapy, you know. <laughs> yes. I do recommend some therapy process, mm -hmm. you know, some self-knowing, knowing your patterns, mm -hmm. talking to someone. And it, for me, it helped, you know. I've been doing therapy for, for like, mm, like almost one year and a half now, really to discover, like, what, what bothers me and why it bothers me, just to understand. I see some patterns repeating and I see mm -hmm. myself getting bothered by some stuff, but why? So it helped me a lot in this process of like, why am I comparing so much when I should be comparing to myself and my expectations and have re having realistic expectations. Mm -hmm. There is also the, the aspect of like, um, am I capable? Hmm. or not mm -hmm. and that's a dangerous feeling right hmm. and and sometimes it's okay for for us to think okay i'm not capable of becoming a phys physician not a physician like a Physicist. mathematician <laughs> now my whole life involved with like human sciences and more to the artistic side of things like yeah it's okay to be aware hmm. but finding the balance of of self-limitation the other thing that comes into my mind is that we put ourselves into the context of other people that are, are in completely other context and mm -hmm. we have absolutely no idea so i think once you start to get to know yourself especially in the age that we are i think and maybe the uh, younger generations will start realizing stuff before mm -hmm. i hope so mm. It becomes less and less exhausting because you know your patterns and you know what matters. Actually, I feel like it's, um, for me personally, I, I kind of look at my life now because I think five years ago, I really had this idea that I wanted to start my own business, live in Europe, and I'm doing all those things, you uh -huh. know, Felipe, and I'm so happy that I'm here. But I found that the last few years, I haven't really been... Um, it, it suddenly feels like it wasn't enough. <laughs> yes. There's another part of me that's striving constantly. And yet another part of me that's thinking, was all of this even worth it? Mm -hmm. Sometimes I wonder for the ambition that I had five years ago, I was willing to give up the time that I have with the people that I love the most. Mm -hmm. And then I wonder, is that worth it? Was that worth it? You see, so there's these two parts of me that are looking forward and looking back. Yeah. But no. I don't know. I don't know what, where that comes from, like never being satisfied. If it is a societal expectation or if it's just something that maybe is human. 
there's so many so much to tackle on what you just said <laughs> well first of all this thing that you mentioned about uh, about not being satisfied it's super difficult most of the times if you look back maybe now you have or you have more or you achieved more than what you dreamed but mm-hmm. it's difficult in a way that people always say that, oh set a goal set a goal and go for it but maybe even if, if we set sometimes we forget and sometimes we get distracted and we go for other stuff and in the middle of getting to these other goals you achieve that other goal that now is not a priority but you never realize and you never take time that. to celebrate mm-hmm. or maybe you celebrate but at that point like oh yeah yeah I, I have a PhD now but you know I want to become an astronaut and like okay but yeah. like remember that you wanted something and you really put a lot of effort there is also this thing hmm. that in my opinion we create monsters of how effortful something is going to be um, for example um, maybe the silk as an example hmm. for me it was like wow imagine one day I will be able to climb up there and not die <laughs> A, not die B, not get seriously injured. Mm. C, kind of do something. D, maybe I'll be able to take a picture to show my mom or, <laughs> or some of my friends about me upside down hanging on a piece of fabric. Mm. And they're like, yeah, that's my goal. That's a goal that was set without ever going to a class. Mm-hmm. And it took me around, I don't know, 13 years <laughs> to go to a class. Because I had this idea when I had this teacher, I was going to theater classes. Mm-hmm. And my teacher was a circus artist as well. And she would invite us to her circus gigs. And sometimes it would be like, you know, this super corporate event for the bankers, you know. And like, then circus acrobatics in the air. <laughs> exactly. And you know, like serving the current mm-hmm. royalty, you know. <laughs> and... I would be like, wow, she's amazing. I wish I would one day do that. And then life, university, work, no time, no money. Moving countries. Yeah, super expensive sport, by the way. (laughs) But yeah, I set this monster of... uh, No, I set a goal. Mm -hmm. But in the back, there was this monster amount of challenges. And like, wow, it's going to be so difficult. Mm. But then when you do it, you show up Mm -hmm. and you do it and you discover that 90% 90% of the work is showing up. It's the consistency. And the consistency. And then you downsize your goal. Like, oh, yeah, it wasn't so difficult. So you don't celebrate so much because maybe it was a little bit easier yeah. than you thought it was. But like, no, just by showing up yeah. is such a big part of it. Mm. So I think that's how I, I try to just be mindful of like, what is happening? Like, what am I achieving here? Mm-hmm. And how how cool is that I'm using my body in a way that I've never thought I'm, I was going to use, you know. Mm. Um, I will do better and I will excel a little bit more. Mm. So you start to be more mindful about yourself and what you're doing. That's true. In general. That's true. I was also just thinking as you were saying all this, like with Ariel Silk, I never thought I would be able to do any of this, Felipe. Uh-huh. I remember I would see, because I have a friend, she's in Poll. I've tried some workshops with her and stuff, and I can never do any of the things that she was doing. I thought just it was 
it was so impressive and you have to have a lot of core and strength and certain muscles that I just, I couldn't even open a door at one point. It was just so, I was so weak, you know? And then when I started to do aerial, I was getting so, I was so proud of myself. You know, I did a fall from the air, yeah, you know, yeah, the yeah. star drop and everything. It looked amazing. Thank you. I also was like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that, you know? And then the weeks go on and then I find myself, Ugh, why wasn't I able to do that? And then yeah. I start getting hard on myself, you know? That's when, again, it's like that goal in my mind subconsciously shifts. And then what I'm doing now isn't enough. And I think, again, it's fine to have ambition. It's fine to want to improve and want to be better at something. But I think the, the point with moderation that I'm maybe seeing in this conversation is that it's okay to have ambition, but don't kind of let that get the best of your perspective on something. Yeah. The fact that you're able to do the things that you had set out to do, that is already enough and you should celebrate that, you know? And if you get to the next step, amazing. If not, don't be so hard on yourself because mm -hmm. you're gonna get better. And I found that three weeks ago during our aerial silk class, I was like, oh my God, I'm never gonna get better, I'm so bad. And then the next week I was able to do the trick. Yeah. And I'm like, girl, you know, pat yourself on the back kind of a thing. So I think that's maybe the line of ambition and, and moderation, mm -hmm. maybe. Yes, the more you get involved with something, the more you realize that there is more to it mm -hmm. and you have to make more effort to get to this point. And you kind of put it aside what you learned. Mm -hmm. And that's the bad thing. I also want to say that, you know, I, I'm not mindful all the time. Mm. And with food razor, Yeah, well, just to give an introduction, fundraiser it's, it's <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> for whoever is listening, it's a monthly fundraiser. I started two years ago, just trying to use my cooking skills to maximize. Very good cooking skills. Uh, thank you. <laughs> um, I was a little bit frustrated about just donating, I don't know, 10 euros to UNICEF and not knowing what was going to happen to this money. And it yeah. was just 10 euros. So I thought, is this enough? Is, is it going to do good? anything? Yeah. And I decided that I was going to make something with food. And so instead of donating 10 euros, one day I came back from Brazil a little bit sad of the situation there. Mm. And I was like, instead of donating 10 euros to a charity that I got to know when I was there, I would cook some food, uh, kind of sell it to my friends mm -hmm. in, in exchange for donations. Mm. And then, yeah, with, it was, I, I remember specifically, it was 17 euros mm. worth of groceries to make some Brazilian snacks called this fija. Well, it's Lebanese, but Brazilians eat a lot. Mm -hmm. and, and I sold this seven packages of this fija. Mm -hmm. And then it turned into, I don't know, 74 euros. So wow. with 17 euros and one afternoon of cooking, which was very pleasant for me, mm -hmm. and delivering to some friends, which was really nice for me to say hi to them, mm -hmm. um, I transformed it in 74 years. Like, whoa, mm -hmm. yeah, this is cool. I'll do it next month. And then I decided to make an Instagram and then I, some more people ordered. It went from seven orders to 10 orders to 14 to 20 in one month. Very warm month, I remember. <laughs> That 29... And is all you cooking or you? Me and Ivan, my boyfriend, and a mm -hmm. couple of more uh, friends helping. Mm -hmm. And we're like, yeah, the more ordered, the better, because it's more donations. Every month we donate to a different charity. 
And it's quite a it's quite a community thing. It's small. I cook in my kitchen, mm-hmm. but I was like, yeah, the more the better. Yeah, maybe we, we can open a charity. Maybe at some point we will have a headquarter or we can rent a space to cook. The gears in your mind turning yes, for because, something more and more bigger and bigger. Yes, because maximizing. Like, and also, like, yeah, if if I know that I can cook a little bit more, and this is gonna affect the I don't know. 10 families more will have food for a month with the donation. Mm-hmm. How dare me not do it? Mm-hmm. Like, I have to do it. It's my obligation. If I know this information, I have to do it. And then I, uh, I was doing that and I was looking of, of ways, like how can I get an accountant and register this and like make it super official and make a website. <laughs> and then one friend, one friend dared to say like, why don't you just like continue doing what you're doing now mm-hmm. without having to set up like this foundation and having people and trying to go for funding and employing someone for the social media yeah and I was she told me that as I was telling these plans and I, I, I have to say I got a little bit offended like, like why would you say that but if I can do more why wouldn't I huh. but it got me thinking. It, it it was a little bit of an inception moment there. <laughs> uh, I was a little bit pissed off, I must <laughs> say. I'm sorry, Anna Paula, I love you. But it, it grew on me. I still have my work. Mm-hmm. I work 40 hours per week. Yeah. I cannot have all my weekends doing that. And I, I don't think I want this to become something that I have to leave my other work, my official, let's say, my paying work. Mm-hmm. Um, to do it full time and to open, I don't know, a restaurant that's open every day and all mm-hmm. the profits go to charity, which would be amazing mm-hmm. if anyone wants to invest in that. <laughs> but like, I wouldn't be happy cooking there. Mm-hmm. I prefer for it to be something that happens once a month and mm-hmm. I dedicate one weekend for it. Mm-hmm. And I started to see like, so each order is it's a, it's a meal for two people, take mm-hmm. away, you know. So when I say there was 29 orders, it was food for almost 60 people mm. in my little kitchen. I never yeah. worked and I never cooked for this amount of people. So I realized, yeah, this is becoming a little bit of a headache. Like mm. I was starting to be worried. What if someone gets super sick, you know, <laughs> with someone <laughs> I cooked, even though I, I'm, I'm the most hygienic possible. Mm. What if there is no ingredients? And I was carrying like... I think I started to think about that one day that I went to the market and I had to use pumpkins and I was bringing back probably 15 kilos of pumpkins <laughs> and I was like, I cannot physically carry 15 kilos from it. It hurts my back. Because yeah, you don't have a car. Here in the- I don't have a car. <laughs> I have a basket, mm. but still... 15 kilos. <laughs> yeah, but it's still, I, I never stopped to think like, oh, if this amount of people order... Mm-hmm. my back will hurt mm-hmm. because I will go to get the pumpkins and yeah. only when I was going upstairs I was like wow this is painful yeah. and I'm having anxiety about will there be enough pumpkins in the supermarket <laughs> today or stuff like that so yeah and then I decided to say okay let's find a sweet spot mm-hmm. and then after a few tests I realized that 15 portions it's a good sweet spot it means 6 hours of cooking for me uh, which means 
probably three or four hours of groceries because I have to go to different supermarkets. Sometimes I get Brazilian stuff and sometimes I need to go to the Asian supermarket to mm -hmm. get like spe special ingredients, etc. And however people want to order more, you know, it's 15, it's sold out and that's it. And it always sells out, thankfully. Mm -hmm. So it's a good thing that I don't have to worry anymore. Oh, will people order 15? Mm. I think, yeah, it's okay. Mm. And it's so much more enjoyable since then. And it's still helping. And I don't carry that weight anymore that I have to save the whole world because it's impossible. <laughs> um, Of course, I'm super open to having an event at some point and cooking mm -hmm. at some place and having mm -hmm. like, you know, yeah. because now it's a takeaway thing. So, but it would be nice to have a, a dinner night, you yeah. know, where people come over or we go or we find someone that volunteers their space. Mm. So that's it. And wow, happiness, happiness since then much more enjoyable and you know while you're sharing all of this Felipe I was thinking again about the difference between ambition and moderation I think with moderation you really have a lot of self-care mm -hmm. involved in it and really respecting your own boundaries because I think it's amazing trying to have an impact in the world trying to do good in the world but you know you can only do so much if you take care of yourself too if you're burnt out you're out of commission. You won't be able to have any of the good impact that you want to have, right? Makes total sense. Mm. But uh, this feeling of moderation, we gotta be careful as well. Sometimes you're so convincing yourself that you're content that you might not realize that you're in a situation that you live. Mm. And that's difficult. That's yes. the balance. And I'm not gonna say I achieved this balance, <laughs> you know? Um, I, I recently resigned for her job. And... Mm -hmm. It took me a long time to, to reach the conclusion that that was what I should do. No complaints about the amount of stuff and the people I met in this job, thank you so much, but I needed to do it. But until the moment that I did it, mm -hmm. it was like, what if? There are some things that we only know once we do it. The moment I hit send on that invite that I sent to my boss, and then when we had the talk, I was like, Oh, that's exactly what I needed. And I knew that for a long time, but there was a part of me that was like, are you sure, are you sure, are you sure, are you sure? You need to pay rent, you need to pay rent. Of course, yeah, there are methods of doing it in a safer way, but sometimes we convince ourselves of not doing it. Hmm. So in this case, I'm trying to make the point of, I was moderating myself of finding a new opportunity. So moderation became limiting. Hmm. And that's dangerous. But uh, it's something that happens. Yeah, so what you're saying is also that moderation is not necessarily always good, just like how ambition is not always good. You exactly. have both sides that you need. And you need to find the equilibrium mm -hmm. to walk that line in between ambition and being content with where you are. It goes back to the point of self-reflection. What is good for me in this moment? Mm. And sometimes you gotta be a bit selfish. Mm. In the end of the day, we need to be honest with ourselves. And for that, we really need to know where are we in our point of life and what matters to me at this stage that could change from of course. this month to another or from this year to the next year. But like, Where do I want to put this energy in? Mm -hmm. 
Oh my God, now this is reminding me of another conversation I had with uh-huh. um, a friend because he's a CEO of his own company and everything. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about, because he's kind of struggled with romantic relationships for a while because he kind of always poured himself into his work. And okay, maybe that was an excuse, maybe not. He He's still exploring that, you know? But because he was putting all of his energy into that, he still wanted a relationship, but he was pouring all of his energy into his his company, mm-hmm. right? That he wasn't able to have um, a partner that he he actually really wanted mm-hmm. because that ambition just took all of that focus. Mm-hmm. But I think that people, I think sometimes people think in categories of if I don't have this, then I can't have that. Mm-hmm. Actually, a lot of people, sometimes they sacrifice certain relationships to be able to get to a certain place and whether that's friendships you know a partnership family relationships or something you know they sacrifice those things to Mm -hmm. be able to be be able to attain something that they work so hard and put all their energy into Mm -hmm. right usually that's work usually that's work what what if ambition is a matter of ambitions management (laughs) well (laughs) let let me see if i'm gonna be able to like it just came to me this little theory Mm -hmm. but the, the moderation is actually management of different ambitions because mm-hmm. when you have the ambition of something, you are kind of sacrificing another ambition. So mm-hmm. it's also a matter of priorities because if you have the ambition of being with your family more, maybe you're sacrificing of the other ambition that's less priority for you of having a, you know, a super fast career and becoming mm-hmm. a vice president at 40. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of choosing which ambition is more valuable for you at this moment. And it can change. And I'm not here, definitely not with my unqualified opinion, to say like, this is right, this is wrong. But it's, I think what matters the most in this whole conversation, in my view, is that Everyone can do whatever they want and can be as ambitious as they want. Mm-hmm. And they should be, you know, if you value something and this is exactly what you want, you should be ambitious. It's mm-hmm. fine. It's just important to be mindful of the other ambitions that are being put on hold. Mm-hmm. And especially when it comes to people, like just do it in a way that's not going to hurt anyone. It's not going to make anyone feel underappreciated because it's not worth it. You don't need to step on your colleague to get that promotion. You can do it in another way. And you don't need to stop contact with your family to do it. But if you do, I hope that people are mindful that they're doing. And the problem with this maximization and the scale and everything mm. is that you're so looking to that North Star that sometimes mm. you're not looking to what's around and what you're missing. And looking at the entire Milky Way, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and the metaverse. <laughs> getting metaphorical (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i think i think that's that's kind of my conclusion it's like self-reflection and saying like is this what i really want Mm -hmm. and if this is what i really want is this the best way to do it Mm. so from our entire conversation what I gather is that ambition in itself is not a bad thing. No. Moderation in itself is not a bad thing. But both of them together, when you find that sweet spot, when mm. you find that balance, um, it allows you, the moderation aspect allows you the space 
to grow mm-hmm. and the energy to grow as a person and to be fulfilled with where you are. And the ambition is giving you that energy to grow, to let you move forward. Yeah, it's important. Mm. Some fuel in a way. Mm. And I think maybe that's that sweet spot is the, the right feeling in, in all of it. Yes. And I just want to add something like for me, mm. what works is to show up. Mm. And then after you will discover what you want as well. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. I've been to so many parties before <laughs> <laughs> that I went there and was like, oh God, I knew I didn't want to come, <laughs> but I was with the fear of missing out and mm. everyone was going and now I just want to go home. Mm. And it took so many of those for now to realize, okay, tonight I want to stay at home. Mm. And it's all good and everyone's going to post picture and they'll be, have fun, but fun for me tonight it's sitting on the couch mm-hmm. and watching a movie or doing nothing. Yeah. But look, it took many, 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 many <laughs> parties and many regrets. But hey, at the end of it, you found your limitations. You're more clear now on what you want and what you don't want. Yeah. Yeah. And I think people have different... Some people are just born with it. They're like, no, nope, oh, yeah. nope, don't want it. No, yeah. I'm absolutely sure of what I don't want. And I respect these people a lot because mm. it took me a lot of work to start to realize and I'm not there yet. I think that's it. To be able to know that sweet spot, you need to be able to know what it is that you want or don't want. And accepting that. Mm. But yeah, that's easy to say, right? (laughs) (laughs) All right, Felipe, to wrap up, is there anything else that you want to add? No, it was super nice. Thank you so much for having me here. Thank you. This is my first podcast in my life. Ah, Many more to come, maybe. Let's see. Obrigada. (laughs) Obrigada a você. Okay, I hope that you enjoyed that episode with Felipe. Big thank you to Felipe for sharing his wisdom. So at the beginning of this podcast, I had asked you to think about the question, what is enough for you? And this is something that I've been reflecting on recently because sometimes I end up getting so caught up with life, going through the motions that I forget to stop and appreciate what I have and ask myself, is this enough for me now? What isn't enough? And the feeling of wanting more can sometimes just give you a sense of anxiety. And I think I've realized that it might be because I don't know what the end of more looks like. It's almost this infinite want for more. But when you don't have an idea of where that more I guess that moreness will will end. And if nothing is ever enough for you, Felipe and I touched on this, but it is just exhausting. I do think that your wants and your desires will change with time. Mine have changed with time. And what's enough for you will also shift with time. But regularly check back in with yourself. So figuring out what's enough for you and figuring out If you want more, what does more look like? So anyway, thank you guys for listening. In my next episode, I will be joined with my friend Raul and we will be talking about finding your worth in the workplace.
If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please feel free to share it with your friends, your family, your loved ones, or whoever. And you can find The Right Feeling on a slightly inactive Instagram at the right feeling underscore or on an early YouTube channel at the right feeling underscore also. And if you want to kick it old school, you can email me at jane, that's J-A-N-E, at therightfeeling.org. All right, guys, thank you very much. And I can't wait to feel the feels with you in the next episode.